Literary Scape presents the historical, inspirational book club podcast, the first of its kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. Hey guys, for this episode, it's going to be a little different due to some technical difficulty. I will be giving you the scoop on Romancing the Bride by myself. Uh, Actually, Tiffany and I recorded this uh, a few weeks ago and apparently we had um, some issues with the program that I used to record. So unfortunately, you don't get to hear all of Tiff's amazing thoughts, which I hate because we had a great discussion on Romancing the Bride by Melissa Jaggers. So I hope you enjoy this um, rendition. This is the first book in Melissa Jagger's Frontier Vows series, and we'll be going over. She has four in this series, so the next three weeks we'll go over each book in the series, and then we'll wrap it up with an interview with Melissa Jaggers, which you won't want to miss because the inspiration behind Romancing the Bride is going to surprise you, so you'll want to stick around for that episode. So one of the things we talked about is there are a lot of layers to this story with the main plot and then there are several subplots that are all intertwined. And it really brought depth to the story and it was something that I really enjoyed. There's the main story between Annie and Jacob, which is the love story and just the struggles that the two of them are facing as they're kind of moving through this new territory for the two of them. And then you have Annie's daughter, Celia, who is your, I don't want to say typical teenager, but a teenager with a chip on her shoulder who's struggling after, after the loss of her father and then her mother remarrying. There's just, you can just imagine the rebellion that is going on with her. And then you have a whole nother uh, storyline going on with two of their friends in town, which I don't want to give too much away, but that plays into all, they just all intertwine so well. Melissa just did such a great job of layering. I just really enjoyed the multiple storylines. It kept you interested and it just brought depth to the characters. And I feel like Melissa Jaggers does a great job of writing characters that feel real to you. You can easily relate to them. So let's go back to the main plot. Annie is a widow who is about to lose her ranch and can only save it by marrying. She chooses to marry Jacob, the marshal, who has wanted a ranch ever since his parents sold theirs. What I loved about this plot is the way it brought Annie and Jacob together. It reminded me a lot of Love Comes Softly by Jeanette Oak. They both mutually benefit from this marriage, but it's obvious from the beginning that they both have an interest in each other, but it takes a while. That's why it's called Romancing the Bride, right? It takes a while for Jacob to kind of pull Annie out of her shell. But I also liked how the plot brought all of them together as a family. So as they're moving through some trials and some difficulties, it really brings Annie and Jacob and Uh, Celia and her little brother, whose name is escaping me right now, but I'll get to it. Um, It really just pulls them all together. They're just a a brand new family, and it's neat to read through and walk through that journey with them. So let's talk about Celia. I've mentioned her a few times. She has quite the attitude problem, 
and she's running with the wrong crowd. So her attitude and thinking reminded me of others I actually have known in my life, and it seems nothing can make her happy. And I'm sure you have all been there. You know someone that it doesn't matter what you do, they never seem to be happy. She's bitter all the time. And I like the way Melissa brought about her character change. It took someone that she cared about getting injured almost to the point of death to get her to turn her life around. And I really think it showed how I think this character, the way Melissa wrote this character, that it just showed how our sin doesn't just affect us, but it also hurts those around us. She definitely made a change for the better at the end, but it was quite a journey to get there and it can get frustrating because you think you you don't even care about what you're doing and how it's hurting the ones you love. I think you'll enjoy that character, but she might frustrate you. And I'm excited to see where Melissa takes that character because as you read through the series, it becomes obvious that that is one character that is going to get flushed out. And I can't wait to see the amazing change that she's going to have in her own story. So Bryant and Leah, okay, these are the two friends that have a pretty major plot going on at the same time, along with Mayor McGill, okay? They're just another subplot to the story, but Bryant gets himself into a little sticky situation, and I actually feel sorry for him and the predicament that he's in, but in the end, it, it really was his fault, and unfortunately, what I tell all of my students at school is that Every choice you make has a consequence and it can be a positive consequence or a negative consequence based on the choice you made. And so unfortunately, Bryant chose something that had a negative consequence with it and actually cost him quite, uh, quite a bit. So Leah is like the sweet is Bryant's wife and she is the sweetest woman ever. Uh, she bore the brunt of her husband's sins of, of the choices that he made. And I felt like this plot showed again. I just think Melissa does a really, uh, did a really good job. I don't know if this was a, a message she was trying to get across or not, but how one's sins hurt the ones we love. And this has a focus on addiction. So you'll you'll figure out, I, I don't want to give too much away, but that addiction gets Bryant into quite, quite, a, quite a pickle. So the way Leah responds to it all gives us a glimpse of the grace and love that God has for us because Mayor McGill is really the villain in this. And what he did to Leah, I did not see coming. And I think if, if you're reading this or while you're reading it, you're not, I don't think you'll see it coming either. I thought Melissa did a great job with that. But he was far more evil than I thought he would be. Again, I don't want to give anything away in case someone hasn't read it, but he will, he's a character that will surprise you. But I felt really sorry for Leah. Because again, she bore the brunt of everything and she was innocent through the whole through the whole process. Now, another character that comes in that I haven't talked about yet is Gwen McGill, and this is the mayor's daughter. She had a little storyline of her own, and it actually will get flushed out in the currently the fourth book in the series, um, Marrying Mr. Wrong. But she kinda in this one is someone I don't think highly of. (laughs) 
until the end of the story and you get a little glimpse of who she really is. But she was such a flirt with Jacob even after he married Annie and he had made it clear that he was not interested in her. Yet she just continues to flirt with him and it really frustrated me. So (laughs) if you've listened to our other episodes, then you know how possessive I am of my own husband where I'm like back off ladies he's mine <laughs> so um so when this character gets flirty with a married man that kind of really frustrates me when you see a ring on the finger ladies he's off the market right like I said at the end you discover who she really is and she's actually much smarter and braver than I gave her credit for throughout uh, the story but I will let you discover why my thoughts on her and my feelings towards her changed. I think they'll change for you too. All right, we are going to take a brief pause here. I should say I am because I'm by myself and we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor. And if you would like to sponsor our show, you can contact us at literaryscape at literaryscape.com. Have you ever wanted to be part of a book club that focused on the one genre you love the most? We focus on historical Christian romance, and we are offering a brand new book club membership. For $2.99 a month or for $29.99 for the year, you can join our book club where we will have live book club discussions. You will get behind-the-scenes access to additional content from our podcast show as well as our videos. You will also receive additional entries into all of our giveaways, a discount at our store, and so much more to be added. Consider joining us today. Visit literaryscape.com for more details. All right, guys, we're back. And I'm going to start off with Annie's son, Spencer. I could not remember his name earlier, which I can't believe I forgot him because I absolutely fell in love with this character. Melissa wrote him in, in such a neat way that you can't help but fall in love with him. I just feel like we all need a Spencer in our life because he's so full of cheer all the time. Even when his sister is being so bitter towards him and she can just she can be downright nasty with him because she's got her own chip on her shoulder. And he just responds with like a smile and he's happy and he's cheerful And I loved how quickly, too, he latched onto Jacob and really started to make Jacob feel like he was part of the family. And it really, I really feel like Spencer kind of helped pull them together as a family as well. You're going to love him. And he has some, he shows up in all the other stories and he has just really, he's just a fun loving character. You're going to love what's coming down the line um, with him. So one of the things I felt like the running theme in the story uh, is another. There's several, but this is one that kind of stood out to me is letting the opinions of others control your thoughts and actions. Annie has a real struggle with this, uh, and it comes really from her mother and how her mother dealt with her and raised her. But it's this she knows what she is about as she's confident in that, but then to like let others see her decisions and live those out. She really lets the opinions of others kind of guide that until uh, obviously the character grows in that. But 
I like how real this struggle is and how relatable Annie uh, was as she moved through this challenge. I mean, at one point in the story, she was going to buy oysters to make oyster soup and uh, someone else came in. One of like, I call them an old bitty, but that's that is really not nice to call them, but is an older lady that's very judgmental and is always nipping in everybody else's business, walks in. And so Annie just immediately puts the oysters away and won't buy them to make the stew because she's worried about what this woman is going to say about her around town. So I just, it's so relatable because I think about how many times have you held back or chose not to do something because of what other people thought or because of being afraid of what other people will think of you or say about you. I, I've done that so many times I can't even count, which it's, as I feel like as I get older, I feel more confident and I'm more like, yeah, it's, it's okay. This is what God's calling me to do. I'm going to do it. Not that I'm not saying like God called her to uh, go buy oysters or anything like that, but I think you get the gist. I envy my husband because he has always been one that is, I don't care what other people think. This is, this is what I'm doing, period. And <laughs> I'm just glad I have him because I, I've never been that way. On top of that, Annie also faces the challenge of she's lost her husband. She's had to remarry to keep her uh, ranch. You will find a plot twist in there that puts all of that into jeopardy. And then on top of that, she is dealing with a daughter that is carrying a chip on her shoulder and is getting into trouble and just, you know, causing more stress on her. But I thought Annie, her character was strong through it all. Uh, even in moments of weakness, she really had a strong faith and she was very determined. This is what needs to happen and, and I'm going to make it happen. She did what had to be done to save and protect her family, but she also maintained her respectability while doing that. And Jacob faces challenges too. Um, and when I was reading through this the whole time through the story, I just thought what a man of God he was. He was filled with patience, understanding, and wisdom. And I think you'll like the comment that Melissa makes when we talk to her later on in a few weeks about Jacob and kind of the a little bit of the struggle that she had with creating that character. But I liked the way he handled Celia and her attitude. He took the time to play with Spencer and let him know he was loved. And I especially liked how he patiently waited for Annie to come around to him while he slowly romanced her. He always respected her wishes, which said a lot about his character, in my opinion. He almost seems like the perfect guy, like he has no flaws, but he really did face some challenges. His flaws weren't major, but I think he was really needed. Uh, that strong man of God was really needed in this story. And I loved Jacob and Annie's love story. It was sweet, it was romantic, and it was very easy to fall in love with them throughout the journey. I would say that my favorite part of the book is the reality of the challenges that the characters face. I, again, I'm, I'm kind of reiterating what I've said before, but Melissa created just realistic, in-depth characters that were easy to become attached to. But the other thing I really liked were the multiple subplots that intertwined with each other 
and then the themes and messages that played out through each of them. Again, one of the two of the biggest themes that I saw were how our sins affect and hurt the ones we love and how letting others opinions of us can push us off track. I really I always picture like I don't know, it's kind of silly when you think about I don't know, you might think this is silly, but I always picture Jesus he was preaching a gospel that had tons of pushback at the time and and I feel like we all still face that pushback. Yet he knew what he was about. He knew who he was in, in we say in Christ, but he knew that he, who he was. He was, he was God's son. And I feel like, I don't want to say it didn't phase him, but when I picture that, I feel like I can just see him just walking down the road and not caring what other people say, because what he spoke is truth and he knew it, period. I kind of liked how that uh, brought that to mind when reading this book. So, I know from our discussion, it, I know it was just Tiff and I, but I know Tiff gave um, Romancing the Bride three lassos. She also really enjoyed it. And I also am giving Romancing the Bride three lassos. It's almost 400 pages long, but it was a quick read because of how well it's written. Again, those subplots, they just keep you wanting to flip the page. Like as soon as you start getting into one, it's like, whoa, now this is happening over here. So she had just, Melissa just had the right amount of mystery, romance, and adventure. For me, it checked uh, all my boxes when it comes to that. So if you have not read Romancing the Bride, I strongly recommend it. And next week, I promise that we'll, Tiff will be back and we'll have an episode where you don't have to listen to me talk the entire time. But thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our discussion of Romancing the Bride by Melissa Jaggers. Join us next week as we dive into her second book of her Frontier Vows series titled Pretending to Wed. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter and become a member to enter this month's giveaway of Melissa Jaggers' Frontier Vows series. The winner of the giveaway will be announced during our wrap-up show on November 4th. If you have already signed up for our newsletter, or are a member, then you are automatically entered into the giveaway. These books are autographed by Melissa herself. Thank you for your support, and until next time, happy and blessed reading.